I'm Ricardo Fuller and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Well, what an unexpected turn of events for Stoke City. We get a disappointing result away from home and an underwhelming performance. Peter Crouch proves ineffective when leading the line from the start. Joe Allen plays an undefined role where nobody can quite work out what he's doing. Our most effective player of recent weeks is hauled off. Our defence gets exposed. Our most creative player is left on the bench and only comes on when it's too late. The substitutions are terrible. There's question marks over the manager's ability to handle his squad. The fans are unhappy. A transfer target we miss out on comes back to bite us on the arse. There's severe criticism for the board and recruitment team. And overall, people are left with grave concerns over where we're going. Siri, please copy and paste this into all future podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, fucking hell, I did an episode this week where I literally sang the same one-line song about 100 times, and even that was less depressingly repetitive than Stoke City Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that we don't want to talk about Stoke being shit every week, so we've asked you for some enlightenment, and we're going to be doing a bit of a mailbag episode today. But I know some people do want to listen for our reactions to the game, so... Uh, Stoke City 3, West Bromwich Albion 1, a hat-trick for Ricardo Fuller. Oh, that was magnificent, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so, so refreshing to, you know, have such a such a side who just played played so well. And, oh, Rick, Rick is superb, isn't he? Our mate Rick. Like, those those goals, I don't think there's a better player in the championship than him right now. Yeah, and to beat another promotion favourite in, in West Brom like that, I mean, a lot of credit has to go to Pulis for for shutting them out so well. That, that that attack with the likes of Bednar and whoever else they have this season, I mean, they, they're gonna they're gonna do well this season. I reckon they could even win the title. But uh, yeah, we just played superbly. I think Sadibi was brilliant, and who saw that flick on for the second coming? But yeah, Ricardo Fuller's taken all the plaudits today. Uh, based on that, Tom, do you reckon we've got a shot of promotion? Yeah, you just just watching that game, you get that feeling, don't you? That something special's happening this season. Uh, it, it's going to go well, I think. Uh, there's just what a day, what a game, what a team. I, I love every single player in that squad. Yeah, and I, I might be getting a bit carried away, lads, but. If we go up, I trust Pulis to establish a team that could last in the Premier League for, I don't know, six, seven years? I mean, I mean, you really, really... Uh, you, you, I, I appreciate your optimism there, Dave, but you know, I don't want to get too, too ahead of ourselves here. You know, it's a long, hard season still to go, and uh, there, there's going to be lots of tests. This division's tough. I feel we're probably going to need a, a, a battle cry or something before the end just to get us over the over the final hurdle. But you know, I, ha- I hope you're right. If we were to go up, um, I think Pulis would be able to uh, to do us a good job. And God, imagine us going and playing like those big teams next season, like Mark Hughes's Man City and things like that. It'll just ah, oh, it'll be magic. Mark Hughes, Man City, uh, look really good. And I think there's a big future for him in management. I think he could go right to the very top of the game, to be honest with you. But wow, yeah, promotion is definitely on for Stoke this season, I reckon. But what I think we need to do uh, is that we need a little bit more up front. So I think if we get Shoulder Amiobi in on loan, he will just see us over the line with loads and loads of nice goals. Do you do you think that that's a, that's 
going to happen? I mean, that's a really ambitious signing, isn't it? We'd have to fork out, even for a loan deal, somewhere in the region of £575,000 <laughs> or something. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll move on. Uh, I know I could talk about that game for ages. Stoke and West Brom. Do you think they'll ever beat us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we we should probably just sing that song about always beating West Brom forever. That will never come back to bite us. Yeah, and one day we'll sign their best players off them, and then play them at the play them off the park, and it'll, they'll just score goals against them, and it'll be funny, and it won't be at all humiliating. Okay, okay. We yeah, it's a bit of a mailbag episode. Um, you may have seen on Twitter we uh, put some categories up to try and spark some anecdotes out of your out of your brains. So uh, the categories for today, and by all means, if you're listening now, you haven't seen these on on Twitter or Facebook or anything, and you think of something just that's worth sharing, by all means, share it with us. Uh, the categories are: I invented something to do with Stoke. Your most obscure piece of Stoke memorabilia. Suggestions for alternative Stoke mascots. I mean, we talked a bit about um, having a tank of hippos at the Bet365 last week. The strangest way you've arrived at a match. Uh, And surprisingly little uh, this week for the category of last week, the bloke behind me said, which I'm sure, I'm sure the bloke behind you said some absolute garbage in the years you've been following Stoke. Uh, Meeting Stoke players in real life, always a good one. Uh, Times you've had to explain Stoke to a foreigner. Uh, Bit of a rogue category here. My mum fancied a Stoke player. Anything you've got on that. The team you irrationally hate. There's got to be someone. And (laughs) chance you misheard. Uh, Chris, uh, did did any of these uh, spark anything in your brain? In terms of things that I... uh... I invented that was Stoke related. I don't have like a a card game or anything like that. Although when I was a little bit younger, I did keep a uh, like a, a scrap, no, yeah, scrapbook almost with like just pictures of footballers in general, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I did invent a a all conquering uh, Champions League winning team on a fictional game, and that's nice but a bit too millennial, isn't it, for some people who don't like games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, We didn't get anything in for uh, Stoke things you invented. Perhaps they were intimidated because they knew that my thing that I invented was too good and would automatically kind of win. I'm, of course, referring to hashtag the Plough and Goy. Got some appearance for uh, Grasshoppers today. Go on, the boy. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness me uh, in terms of uh, Stoke memorabilia I think I mentioned it on the podcast before but I do have a uh, a picture frame with um, the, the signatures of Dennis Smith, Gordon Banks and oh, who's the third one is it Terry Conroy, it's Terry Conroy. Uh, and they're signed on the back of uh, this random bar in Norway's like business card, and that and that that was because uh, so Stacy, my other half, her dad used to um, engineer aircraft in Norway, and as people are very much aware, Stoke have got quite a following in in Norway. Um, 
for some reason. And the Norway Supporters Club invited some of the old boys over to do like a river cruise and a meet and greet at a bar. Uh, and Stacy's dad went along to this bar with his Stoke supporting mates and, and got us some signatures. And it's really nice. It would be on the wall, but we're decorating at the moment. So, you know, I won't show you. And that and it won't work anyway because we're on radio, on radio and in your ears. So you won't you won't be able to see it, would you? But if you do want to see it, just send me a message and I'll like, I don't know, take a picture of something. I'm sure you can imagine, really. That 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 sounds like Patreon only content to me. That <laughs> Chris takes Shows you, you for a, a web for your Patreon, and he will show you a picture of Terry Conroy's autograph. I mean, I'll take you for like a webcam show around the house as well, if you like, guys. It's, for, for 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 Patreons, if you're investing that money, like I want to go the extra distance. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Tom, did any of these uh, leap out at you? The, the the one that definitely did was meeting Stoke players in real life. I don't know if I've told this story on here before. I feel I might have done. But anyways, do you remember that game where Andy Wilkinson got kicked in the head and was bleeding all over the <laughs> shop? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't remember which exact one it was. Um, but after that game, I went to a Chinese in Newcastle. And lo and behold, who walked in? Andy Wilkinson, sort of with like stitches in his head um, what a day that was it was like, it was like what 14 maybe you'd feel disappointed if you met Andy Wilkinson and he wasn't bandaged up in in some way uh, quite a few listener shouts for Stoke players you've met in real life uh, Frosty uh, did the Tower to Tower charity thing with uh, Tony Pulis and Rory Delap. he says oh, wow. uh, Pulis shouting, come on, Frosty, get that fat arse up that hill will be something I'll always cherish. <laughs> That's as close I'm... as experiencing a Tony Pulis pre-season as us fans will ever get. <laughs> yeah. he, he adds, I have a lot of stories from TP and Rory, but what happens on a boat stays on a boat, which sounds a bit fishing trip if you, if anyone watches Gavin and Stacey. Oh um, my gosh. Simon Woodward says, I literally bump, bumped into Steve Bold in the doorway of a men, man's of a men's fashion shop, forget the name, on Piccadilly, not long before he left us for Arsenal. Often wondered later on whether he was in there buying clothes for the interview, which is a very nice way of looking at uh, football transfers, that they have to go to an interview, like wear a suit, like present their CV. (laughs) Oh, that would be such a great world. Do you reckon professional footballers use like Indeed to find other clubs and stuff? (laughs) That is definitely how West Ham go about buying strikers. They definitely just. Oh, there's another one that's come up on our on our LinkedIn search. Yeah, just sign him up. Send him a, send him a message, quick. Yeah, West Ham are definitely the uh, the ones who send you all the sponsored uh, direct messages on LinkedIn. They're just like, oh, for God's sake, go away, West Ham. Uh, Dubai Potter, hi gents. A strange one for the Meta Stoke player category. I used to work at the club shop from the ages of 15 to 21. I was fortunate enough to work the promotion season and believe it or not, before we became Premier League bigwigs, the players were happy to mingle with the common staff. Anyway, promotion night, select staff and players had a private party in their VIP room at the back of Zen Nightclub and somehow I was there. A messy night by all accounts, however, my main memories were Leon Court insisting on buying all my drinks and even stranger, as the night came to close, I was arm in arm with Liam Lawrence singing, singing... before ending up on the tables with John Parking punching the ceiling panels. 
He he ended up munching his famous kebab and I made lifetime memories. Plenty of other off-the-record staff party stories, but that's for another day. (laughs) I feel John Park in Punching the Wall is perhaps even quite tame for that squad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I want to know where Rick is in all of this. (laughs) He was the designated driver, as we found from our uh, interviews with him. He just yeah. likes to just likes to go out. He doesn't drink, does he? <laughs> of course, of course not. Um, a couple of belting ones for chance you misheard. Uh, <laughs> Michael Co- Michael Coral. When I was a kid, I thought the "We are Stoke, we are Stoke, we are Stoke" chant was the crowd singing "Creosote, Creosote, Creosote." It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes I still sing it. I mean, Cre- <laughs> that, that's an advert for any creative company. Um, and another one, sorry if uh, I've not written your name down here, but he, he just put, for about two years, I thought the Ricardo Fuller went, song went, Ricardo Fuller sings all the time. <laughs> and maybe he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my goodness me. We'll talk about some uh, real football in a bit. Uh, just this on my mum fancied a Stoke player, Cheek Stokey. My mum used to fancy Kenwyn Jones. Bizarre to me as I didn't see the attraction in a bone idle lazy footballer, but according to her, he had a gentle face. Oh, That's nice, isn't it? Sweet. He does, and he does have a gentle face as well. We used mm. to have a soft spot for Kenwyn. My, my, me and my mum used to think he was a lovely bloke. On meeting footballers, just quickly, I've met also Andy Wilkinson on the stairs of going going down from Q railings up a downstairs. Like there's that bit where they changing rooms come out on the bottom floor and they go down the same stairs as the fans go down. And he'd come off early for whatever reason and. We walked down past him, like, oh, Andy Wilkinson, and I shook his hands, and I don't know if I've said this on the pod before, but for for a man who I assumed was made of, like, granite, his hands were, like, the softest things in the world. It was, it was, it was like, I don't know, Andrex puppies or something. It was, it was superb. <laughs> like, it was, it was just like, oh, I've had all these assumptions that you're literally made of, like, oak, but you're not, you're just, you're soft and squishy. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I and I and I don't want to like bring Stacy. My there's other the half. interview with Wilco up this morning. Stacy, my other half is sat in the same room, and obviously she's getting one side of this conversation. <laughs> the looks I'm getting. Um, but I, I mean, I hate. I'm, I'm going to bring the tone down completely because in terms of teams, I irrationally hate. I, I don't think it is irrational, but. Stenhouse Muir, well, we don't need to say any more, do we? You know? I, I think, can't believe I you we... brought that up. I'm sorry. I should it's... leave the past in the past. Yes. I'm so sorry. We were having such a lovely uh, podcast there. and I don't know if it was going to Scotland yesterday, Chris, that, that stirred that memory up. But... I, but... I'll be honest. When we got on the train to go yesterday, I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect. But, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. I'm sorry, well, everyone. I'm sorry for bringing it down there. Yeah, I mean, thankfully we weren't wearing Stoke colours, so there was no danger of being spotted by any uh, Stonehouse Muir fans. But uh, I mean, my dad. I've I only talked about it once with him, but the the expression on his face 
when that I mean, when that team's when that team's name was mentioned. I don't. I think it, we should probably cut this out of the podcast because um, um, I'm sad now. And speaking all... of, of <laughs> depressing routes, uh, we might move on to the to the West Brom game that actually did happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was enjoy- I was Smooth enjoying transition. this the podcast, if honest. <laughs> uh, we know we just know we we won't actually talk about the game because none of us watched it. Uh, it's all <laughs> plastics. There we go. The truth is out. You, in case you were wondering why this episode is a bit different, none of us could be asked. Uh, less listener questions. Um, wait, Wyatt Hunt, what happened to Bauer? That is possibly a good question. Where where is Moritz Bauer these days? I made a um like a running joke when Hughes kept not playing in Beulah that he was running his dog over every single week. So, you know, Moritz, you need to stop running Rowett's dog over. That's, that's really dark, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, no, he wasn't like running it over Chris... and killing a dog every week. It was like... I've re- I really have brought the toe down by mentioning that Scottish team, haven't I? <laughs> It's just a ritual sacrifice now. <laughs> He's running them all down. Um, Chris, when you mentioned Andy Wilkinson's hand being like Andrex puppies, I had the horrific image of them being like stapled to his hand. <laughs> so I don't know why this has turned into the dog murder special of the Wizards of Dribble podcast, but... Um, what what better I, metaphor for Stoke at the moment than just dead the, the, dogs the, killing the, dogs than doing an episode where we are being Frankie Boyle like what's going on here <laughs> spend one day in oh, Glasgow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard Yule uh, one question when has starting with Crouch up front away from home ever worked in 2011 and 12 I um I did some research into this and it has been 469 days since Peter Crouch scored a goal from starting a game of football. So was that Sunderland away? No, that was Southampton Great away. Chance. At the end of oh, not last okay. season, the season before. So that, yeah, that's clearly a problem. We need to like it just doesn't I... work. Is it it really bugs what me. What is it that's what is it that's that's not working for Crouch because it's often been touted that oh he he's never relied on pace and so his game is you know yeah he'll, he'll be able to keep playing because he hasn't lost any of that aspect but I think it's quite noticeable that it it doesn't work with him and I don't know if that's a case of players around him or if it's just a case of he's lost something so as as people who are cleverer at understanding football than I. What is it you two would say that is now different, and why doesn't it work for Crouch now, age thirty-seven, than it did when he joined the club? Because he's he has it has worked with him in the past. There's no doubt he has been effective for us. So what's changed? I just think the system's just not predicated around Crouch anymore. I think, like most of the players in our team, if you play to their strengths, you'll get something out of them. But we're sort of lumping Crouch into an attack that's supposed to be like harrying and harassing defenders and just it's pointless trying to do that when you've got Crouch in the middle because he he literally can't do that and I think we saw McLean's chance I don't know know if you could call it a chance when he basically tackled Johnston 
the ball nearly flies into the back of the net. And I think that just sort of shows how effective pressing from the front can be and Crouch can never do it. So I think that's the problem. Football's changed. I don't think Mm. strikers can just sort of only be involved in the sort of attacking phase of the game or like defending from corners, which is like things Crouch is good at. So yeah, I think football's changed and that's why Crouch doesn't work anymore. Is there mm. is there an argument to say that our ability to put the ball into the box is also really shocking? And so, like I saw the stat about all forty odd crosses yesterday, but how many of them were were decent crosses? Because like Crouch has relied on getting on that end ball and and heading it in, and we, like you say, we don't play to that style anymore. But we're also not very good at putting balls in for him to to get. So I don't know. Like I I I don't think Crouch is the answer at all. I think you're completely right, Tom. You need a, a mobile front unit, and Crouch isn't going to be someone who presses. But I also do think that when when he plays, despite the fact we lump it up long, I actually don't think that's where Crouch is best suited at taking long balls out of midair and holding it up for others to run onto. That's never really been his best <laughs> uh, skill. <laughs> I mean, we do have a question on style. Well, a couple of questions on style. Uh, first from Ryan Williams. Does Rowett have any idea what style of football he wants to play? It feels like half the team, Shawcross, Peters, Alan, McLean, Crouch, are playing long ball and get people around Crouch to win flick-ons. But the other half, Bruno, Martina, Atebo, Berahino, are playing possession football. Uh, and on uh, another one from Orphy. Uh, why has he gone against his own principles regarding team selection? He has prioritised pressing intensity, and admitted starting Crouchy up front, up top is not. Sorry, starting Crouchy up top is not his ideal method. Then he does just that. Baffled here, however, talking of sacking the bloke already is ludicrous. Yeah, um, I don't know what Stoke are, and you know, here we go again. Uh, <laughs> you know, just what 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 do you think we're trying to do, Tom? And if um, based on what you think we're trying to do, what needs to change in the starting lineup? Uh, that, yeah, it's a, it's a spot-on question, sort of. Of that, thank you. Nothing is like it; just doesn't make sense. And Rowett has said that he doesn't want to play Crouch up front, but starts him for two league games back to back, which is just a bit weird. And it's all a bit concerning that we played four three three throughout the entirety of the preseason. And within 45 minutes of the season started, that formation was chucked out the window, basically. Um, <laughs> and I don't know whether that's just because we didn't get the right players in in pre-season and it, and it took too long, but bloody hell, like... Yeah, I, I think we are trying to play some kind of like quick, direct passing game with a load of pressing on top of it. But we've got players in that squad who, this might be quite offensive to them who I genuinely just think are uncoachable. Crouch is obviously uncoachable in a sense of he's Peter Crouch and he will never not be Peter Crouch. He sort of plays football in one way, but I'm, I'm going to have to do it. But bloody hell, Joe Allen, what is the point? But honestly, what 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 does he do apart from run around? Because we, we need <laughs> players to contribute in every phase of the game and Joe Allen doesn't contribute in any phase of the game. He's doing my nutting. <laughs> and he was, he was number ten for a period of time yesterday, um, by all accounts. And Bojan got ten minutes. 
did nothing in those 10 minutes. So, you know, you can stop your bloody course for Bojan to play now. He, he, had, he had 10 whole minutes there, didn't even score a goal. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, the thing I thought Rowett was going to change was he would pick players based on merit and he'd, he'd be ruthless in a way that neither Lambert or Hughes had the balls to do and say, look, you're not playing well, you're not in the team. And, but I don't really, you know, hate the teams, the starting eleven from uh, the West Brom game because it was, you know, we thought, stick to the same team that beat Hall and let's see what we can do. But then to take Saido Berahino off after 50-odd minutes seems strange. To then... But but to bring Woods on for him is even stranger because <laughs> we were one nil down and just left Crouch isolated with Allen in behind him like it was uh, like it was kind of when you the point you could tell things were starting to go wrong for Mark Hughes was when he had Allen behind Crouch and we were kind of like trying to go back to basics and failing and it felt it just feels like that it feels like he's kind of caught between wanting to develop us but then panicking and going ah crap get the old campaigners in let's not play Bojan apart from 10 minutes let's keep Crouch on the pitch because you know he's Peter Crouch and we just seem to be going round in circles like I said it's the same mistakes rearing their ugly heads again I mean people have uh, defended this performance against West Brom we had the one of the highest XG in the league. Tom, I know you like XG. We had one of the best passing accuracies and uh, pass completions uh, of any team that played this weekend. We did create chances, more so than we have in other games. Uh, but it's just fucking annoying, isn't it? It's... Yeah, when you've got that, that, that momentum and then just you seem to throw it out the window. It's just, yeah, it's so frustrating. And the international break coming doesn't really help it either. And on the XG, that's a bit misleading because we had a penalty. Yeah, pen. and we, yeah. we, we all know that penalties are worth 0.78 XG, which skews the figures a little bit. But yeah, I don't even think we were that bad. It's just that we that lack of, right, this is how we're supposed to score goals. Well, but even then, yeah, the, we put the crosses in and there, I'm going, I'm going on the goat crouch now. When a cross comes in, he just sort of floats towards the back post. And yeah, okay, that's fine when you've brought him on for 20 minutes at the end of the game to lump the ball to him. But it's unsurprising that our crosses are so unsuccessful because Crouch in the box doesn't commit any defenders. He doesn't make a run. And I think it was someone I noticed in the Huddersfield game. Players were just making runs to make room for their teammates, which I haven't seen a Stoke team do since, like, Stoke Alona. But Crouch doesn't do that when he's in when he's up front. He, he's just there, and defenders know he's just there. And West Brom had three centre halves to just deal with him. It's just crap. Ugh. A bit. Uh, we'll uh, interrupt this with uh, explaining Stoke to a foreigner. Uh, this is from uh, Griff, who's uh, sent us an email. While on tour with the army overseas, I was working with the German army and one night was drunkenly trying to explain to a reasonably high-ranking German officer where exactly my football shirt I was wearing was from and where in the UK was Stoke. 
After the usual under Manchester and above Birmingham explanation, he then asked if it was famous for anything. So I replied, Sir Stan, Pottery, Wedgwood, Dalton, etc. And obviously, with great pride and enthusiasm, I stated quite loudly, why? And the Spitfire, of course. To much amusement of my fellow squaddies and glares from high-ranking British officers, the German officer looked confused. So I then did my Spitfire impression, arms out, plus sound effects, as he finally clicked. And to be, to be fair, he did smile and take it quite well as I was dragged off by my regimental sergeant major. That seems like an episode of Forty Towers or something. <laughs> Griff, don't, don't create Griff. You know better than that. <laughs> like, I, I, I wonder. I, would, I just want to know what his impression of a Spitfire was like, though, because like, how did it differ from? other planes i think you need to come on the podcast and do the impression and then we will compare it with the noise of a spitfire because don't just come on here giving it any old mm, noise that's not a spitfire is it so now, practice now spit, I, th- I think there is a certain uh pitch and speed to a spitfire sound that you wouldn't do in with say a, a lancaster bomber i think a lancaster bomber would be like a low hum Whereas yeah, a Spitfire yeah, yeah. is like, Nyeh! no, no, that's more of a, that's more of an ambulance. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> and of course, like, really, I I, I want to hear people who do like typhoon impressions because they're hard. Like jet planes, how do you do like that? Wow, oh, oh, I think one just flew over my head. <laughs> that was how good that impression was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good goal by Dwight Gale, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I have seen that, and uh, like, it just made me angry though, just because it's like, <laughs> don't let him do that. I, what I want from a Stoke versus West Brom game, and we said this yesterday, Dave, is I want Ryan Shotton or someone like it to kick a ball out of a keeper's hands and score the last minute goal. I don't want fancy flicks from Dwight Gale. That's not why I watch. Well, I didn't watch Stoke West Brom, did I? We've we've learnt that already. Uh, but I mean, it is it's it's a good goal, and I now know everyone is like saying, "Oh, well, that was the player we should have got," and yeah, probably should have got him. But it was it you you knew as soon as they got Dwight Gale that he was going to score against us. Like that's just how narrative and football works, isn't it? And it just makes me angry. Question from Dominic. When will Stoke stop letting me down? Question from Alistair. Why are we shit? Uh, (laughs) Question from Benjamin. Why can't we have nice things? Uh, Tom, why are we shit? And is it going to stop? No. And we're we're shit because we, we all did horrible things in past lives. And this is this is our karmic balance. We have to support. Oh, Glenn Hoddle's here. No, well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, no. We might stop being shit at some point if, like, one of our players or maybe a few more decide to stop being like cowards. <laughs> what is the solution? How do we make it better? Like, what are the what are three easy things that we can do <laughs> before the next game that will make us better? 
Drop Joe Allen. Uh, drop drop Joe Crouch. Allen, drop Joe Allen. <laughs> Did you say drop Rowett? No, I said drop Joe Allen three times. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Joe Allen. So bring Charlie Adam in for <laughs> Joe Allen. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, Anyone? Rowett says we need someone to take risks. Bloody hell. Did we see that Charlie Adam <laughs> got booked in the under 23s game for assaulting a teenager? Well, did you see him try in in the in the uh, under twenty three game against Southampton? He tried to like almost two foot a uh, youth player as well. Yeah. Like he, he's he's consistent. I'll give him that. <laughs> he try he'll do things like that in every match. At least <laughs> it was overlooked against Huddersfield. He came on and I don't think he successfully completed a pass, but he still managed to get booked in like five minutes. <laughs> Good old Charlie. Um... Another another story of explaining Stoke to a foreigner from Paul Anderson. Growing up a Stokey, we were all told, no matter where you go in the world, mention Stanley Matthews and any football supporter will know who he is. I always believed this. In 2003, I got married and we went to the Maldives on our honeymoon. The staff there were all football fans, mainly Liverpool and Man United. None of, and none of them had obviously heard of Stoke. One evening I said to my wife, watch this. And when we were talking to a waiter and mentioned Stoke City, he said he'd never heard of us. So then, and I looked at my wife as if to say, now watch this, and I said, Stoke City, Stanley Matthews. And he said, who? Stephen Gerrard? <laughs> so I repeated to Stan's name to be greeted with silence, punctured only by my wife laughing and asking why some bloke in the middle of the Indian Ocean would have heard of some old footballer from Stoke Bloody City. A lie which I assume is still perpetuated today and which needs to be stopped. <laughs> Good that Stephen Gerrard's synonymous with our club now, though. Seeing as we like <laughs> destroyed his last ever Premier League game, it's nice. He's had to go to Rangers to recover from it, and yeah, that's not that's not going well for him. I feel bad. We 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 broke Stephen Gerrard. I mean, I mean, he kind of broke himself when he slipped, but. Uh. <laughs> Can, should we relive that match? <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we start the podcast again from the Liverpool six-one? Yeah, we let him score. Like, yeah, that no, was nice. We, we and everyone applauded it and everything. And you know, let's ignore the fact that Mark Munyaza pulled up with a hamstring, and if he hadn't, then Gerard wouldn't have even been anywhere near goal. But we we gave him something to remember on his last day. He played up front, mm. didn't he? Like, he genuinely played as a striker in that game. Oh, yeah, Gerard. Yeah, how weird. That was definitely Brendan Rodgers been like, it's your last game, go show great character. (laughs) Yeah, you can can get a goal, can't you? And and I mean, and he did. Uh, Nothing's been as good as that, has it, since? Since we started the podcast, really. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about things we can we can do to uh, help, talk about things literally we could do. We could probably stop this podcast and results would pick up. So, I don't know. <laughs> Donate enough to our Patreon and we'll stop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has anyone got any teams they irrationally hate? Uh, Jack Benson says he's got an irrational hatred of Rochdale and Shrewsbury. Not exactly, not exactly irrational hatred of Rochdale. They injured Bojan, and I can't forgive them for that. Therefore, yep, yep. I wish yep. the entire town burns to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rochdale, the football team didn't injure Bojan. Rochdale's pitch injured Bojan, but I, I get that. Um, 
teams teams you rationally hate. I mean, Reading, but I feel that's rational because they're so boring. <laughs> it's almost offensive to me. Southampton, just like that's not irrational. No, 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 no. It was, it was. Well, it was pure irrational jealousy initially, and then Mark Hughes, as he's prone to do, ruins everything and gives me a rational reason to hate them. Well, he'd have kept us up. <laughs> <laughs> savage savage man even when we're not in the Premier League he still manages to to pop his little well shed up and just spout only, his absolute crap only when they get a result though like all the other times this season where they've been awful oh he's been strangely quiet but yesterday mm. oh I'll do that emoji where it's a person shrugging oh I wish he'd never done Strictly <laughs> and becoming our public consciousness as a pundit <laughs> Question from Proudy: uh, How lo- how low would we have to go for coach to give Rowett the chop, considering how he's notorious for giving managers too much time? Rowett's not getting sacked this season. Like, there you go. Like it's not happening. Yeah. yeah, I think even if we didn't even reach the playoffs, I don't think Rowett would be sacked this season. I, I don't think we're going di- like we're not going to. Oh, God, I'm going to jinx it by saying we're not going to do a sound. Oh, no, don't, stop. Don't say it. Oh, he said it. Ah, but First well, didn't ask me all, now this. Oh, no. I'm, I, I don't know why I'm here. Um, <laughs> not the first day. Okay, now. This is getting deep. <laughs> um, it's Glasgow. It does this to you. It's just it's a real, just depressing place. It's existential shortbread. <laughs> that's, that's it. All I've got. All I've got, it, like, insight into the making of the Who Are You pod here, but all I've got, Dave, is that guy who was sat near us for the second half in his thick Glaswegian accent just shouting, Oh, come on! <laughs> all the time. Like, for 45 minutes. That's all he did. It was just too much. Uh, the ref- Yeah, the referee got a... Right, Glaswegian ear bashing. You, because so to make like the podcast, Tom, like Dave was like trying to get ambient noise and stuff. So you know, crowd chanting and stuff. He's got thirty seconds of this same guy just saying, "Ref, what's wrong with you? Ref, what's wrong with you?" In the same tone for thirty seconds, repeat and repeat and repeat. It's insane. And when there's only five hundred people there in a fifty-seater stadium. Like, you can hear small. him above anything else, but it's, it's ridiculous. We're not here to talk about that, are we? Sorry. We, we should get him on the podcast because he repeats himself almost as much as I do, so. <laughs> oh, God, uh, me. So, oh. yeah, there's an inter- international break next, so I don't know what we're going to do there. Um, are you looking forward to football just stopping for a bit? <laughs> 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 I'm looking forward to going back to my first team that is England now. Yeah, we get the South Southgate in the Yeah, I I prefer England now almost. <laughs> that's that's how bad it is. Oh god. Uh-huh. But then it's only going to take, you know, a few bad results and the media saying, "Oh, well we've not carried on that World Cup form, have we?" and and then everyone will be depressed again about football. Um I do, on on a serious note, there is that small hope that the the international break will give this team some time to to do something together and work on some ideas and 
my hope would be when we come back, we're against Wednesday, aren't we? When we come back, Sheffield Wednesday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes, uh, we are. I'm I'm hoping that he'll have dropped Joe Allen and Woods will be playing, and we'll see a return to um, a phobie in the front line. I I would like to see a phobie and Berahino as a front two, because um, I I don't think Sido has been been bad at all. I I didn't see him yesterday, and from what I can gather from people's reactions to him being subbed off, that came as a bit of a shock. So I would hope that he hasn't done anything bad enough to be dropped. And I just, I just hope that you know a bit of a, a bit of a rest can almost draw a line under what's been not the best start to the season, and they can, I don't know, have a shifting attitude. But this is all like theory, isn't it? And it means Ryan not. Woods will save us all. Brian Woods will come in for Joe Allen and he will be the ginger Pele. That's <laughs> that's what's going to happen. He's going to be like one of those signings, you know, when we signed Jerry Taggart under Pulis and when we signed uh, Beatty in the promotion season, one of those signings who just galvanises the rest of the team and put, gets them to all pull their finger out the arse and just, yes, that's me pinning everything on a lad I hadn't heard of, heard of before this season. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, Brad, dear. Brad asks, why does Rowett not like Bojan? I mean, oh, this just makes me sad. Did you see the um, Alan Nixon tweet that suggested that we were prepared to sell him to West Brom, but they didn't quite uh, stump up the cash? I mean, that that just brought me out in a cold sweat and I wanted to just punch something. <laughs> How are we this stupid? How are we this... Just give him games. For God's sake. <laughs> he was good against Brentford and then they told him off and then he didn't play again until fucking Huddersfield when he was stuck on the right wing for you know half an hour and then he gets 10 minutes against West Brom. What what kind of existence is that? He's played with Messi. <laughs> oh my goodness me. It's so... Oh, it's so sad. Like, um, Jonathan Wilson uh, has been doing this podcast series in, in preparation for his new book... Um, called the Barca Legacy, the Barcelona Legacy, all about you know the, how Barcelona's style of football in the last uh, twenty years has has influenced world football. And uh, the last episode was all about Barcelona five, Real Madrid nil, and uh, they talk about it because Bojan sets up one of the goals, and I'm like, shit, he used to play for Barcelona, didn't he? He was in a Pep Guardiola team that was really really good, and in fact he sets. Him and Affili, I think, play in that game. Maybe I'm wrong. But, oh, just don't treat him like dirt. He's lovely. Like, even, <laughs> it does make me worried that, like, that three consecutive... No, not three consecutive managers, because Paul Lambert didn't look at him, did he? But it worries me that people won't won't pick him, and I do just start questioning my own sanity and thinking, am I just loving him out of habit now and have I have I missed the point but no I'm not wrong it's them who's wrong so just play him yeah that <laughs> an impassioned exactly. plea there from Chris Brown I mean he he wore that duck t-shirt and everything I mean <laughs> it's just isn't that just sad isn't it just sad that someone can like not, not only does he love the club so much and he loves the fans so much and the fans love him so much Gary Rowett, oh, he's a fan's favourite, isn't he? Yeah, and 
you know why he's a fan's favourite? It's not because he's adorable and has nice hair and he's like uh, the boy next door kind of figure. It's because he's fucking good at football. Mm. He's really good. Give him a chance. Oh, I, I, I just... Oh, sadness. Who, in, in this current team then, who do you drop for for Bojan? Crouch. Yeah. Some... But, then, but then who plays furthest up front? Berahino. But do you think that works? Because Berahino is like, his good spell has been coming when he's played in a deeper position and ha- like had a- hasn't had to be that leading line. I know we spoke about it yesterday, Dave. There was a, a post on the Oatcake which was saying how a lot of Berahino's work at West Brom, especially during his good spell, came from not being like a leading guy. He came off like having others to be more of a focus and he mm. just follows up. Like I-, I worry if we do that, then Sido it doesn't work for him, but then equally you put Boyan with him, then you've got better passing up front. You, you're you missing my key tactical innovation. Tom, I think you're going to love this. Two false nines. Two false nines. Whoa, Whoa. false. Hashtag false nine awareness month. It's coming back. <laughs> and it's back. coming back bigger than ever. It's being back false after a... its sweeping success. A false 18? I mean, I mean, false nine in the sense of uh, a a forward who's not an out and out centre forward, not the Peter Crouch sense of false nine. He's just not there. A false false or wrong striker. Yeah, that's that's what I'd say. I know, um, I know it's mental, but you know, we've we've only won one game all season. Let's do something really daft and just see where that goes. <laughs> we could <laughs> stick Berahino on the wing. He was good there for West Brom. Like that's where his goals came from. If he wants to play there, you know, give him a go. And then Bojan behind a phobie. Something like that. I, I don't know. Or we could uh have four four two Allen and Adam in the middle, lump it up to Crouch and just have a juice running off him and do that. That sounds good. No, yeah, I like that. Progressive football. I think what we need to do is put Klukas at left back and play Eric Peters up front because he's clearly found that finishing edge. Ask, Ask me how many shots... Peter, um, Eric Peters has had this season. How many shots has Eric Peters had this season? Two. Ask me how many goals he scored this season. How, how many goals has Eric Peters scored this season? Two. Statistically, <laughs> he's the best finisher in the world. <laughs> <laughs> or at least well, joint best. Is this where we need well, to have a talk about that, small man. sample sizes? <laughs> I was going to say Peters is the new Pep did inverted wing backs Peters is the uh, I don't know I don't have a word for it it's probably something in Italian French or German and you'll find it on the next series of Football Manager but it's basically the fullback who starts at left back and ends up as a goal scoring striker in sort of fluidity Total football. <laughs> He's Dutch. 
Yeah. Why can't we just play total football, lads? <laughs> Gary, 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 listen, listen. Total football? Question mark? Just get get them all to play everywhere and pass it everywhere and score loads of goals, and then we'll win the fucking league. Here we go. Easy. I think I think we've reached peak silliness now. So. Uh, peak silliness. We've not spoke about hippos in a tank or anything this week. Like... Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get any suggestions for alternative Stoke mascots. So if you've got any, by all means, chuck them our way. You um, know, you know how the the, the 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 team in the MLS have a have a guy with MLS, a chainsaw, the MLS. and he chops. Yeah, chops yeah. The thing. We should have a Potter who actually makes like a pot <laughs> and then like throws it at the opposition's <laughs> goal scorer because it's not us scoring the goals, um... is it? I'm just picturing that scene in, in Ghost, Ghost. <laughs> Unchained Melody just playing every time we score a goal. I'm now just picturing that episode and the, of and the, goal, the goal scorer and the uh, assist maker have to sit at the, uh, <laughs> the wheel. At the wheel. <laughs> yes, yes, this is it. See? See, I thought we'd reach peak silliness and then we pulled out the bag for you right at the end. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. Uh, just an update on the Predictor League. I got the result right this week. Yay for me. Oh, <laughs> two ones. That's sad. Oh, dear. John Wayne is still uh, top of the league. Uh, I've run out of John Wayne puns, so want to move swiftly to a close. Thank you very much, Tom, for joining me. Cheers for having me and for the silliness. <laughs> Cheers, Chris. Thank you for talking to me in this therapy session today. Go on, Stoke.